Loving the buzz today. Woo! Hope you guys are high this morning on the Lord. Something like that. Good morning. Let's uh, do some shouts together. What do we do? We love God and we love others. And what do we say? I love God and I love you. Fantastic. Hi, all. I hope you're uh, meeting with God this morning. I hope you're filled by the Spirit. I hope you're sensing God's uh, community all around you and the joy of fellowship with one another. So glad you are here uh, at JRC. This is uh, our fourth week in our series, Level Up. Uh, today, I want to speak life into you from God's Word. And here's our last thing uh, for leveling up. If you want to level up, you have got to give. I know that sounds like the worst of a stereotypical pastor in church, right? Church is time to give. Uh, you guys know me. Uh, you know that's probably my least favorite phrase to say in the world. But hold off judgment for just a, a second. And let's hear what God's word has to say for us this morning about give. Because you cannot level up if you don't give. Give means something comes from yourself and it goes out of your possession going to someone else. Sort of like this. We've been video gaming it. Let's check this one out. Disguised as a likable juvenile delinquent, Paperboy journeys through a world of incredible danger. <laughs> How many people remember Paperboy, that game? You know, that one, it had a really cool way to steer it. It actually had like little handlebars that you would and push the paper to throw the paper in case you aren't familiar with that video game. That was uh, reliving the 80s right here. Fantastic. So in that game, uh, what you do is you drive down the street, you try not to get hit by a car, and you throw newspapers choo -choo -choo, into their mailbox. You get bonus. If it's on their porch, you get bonuses. Uh, you, uh, your whole goal in that is to give away the papers to somebody else. In our spiritual lives, we need to give to, uh, we need to, give to level up as well. There are three areas that I'd like us to become paperboy masters in. So when we're talking about giving, I want to talk about three areas where we really do need to, to become a master giver of in order to level up. So here they are. You must give your money, give your love, and give your thanks. You've got to give money in order to be free. You've got to give love in order to be fulfilled. You've got to give thanks in order to be grateful. Three gives to level up. Now, each of these gives, they, they shouldn't ever be done in bitterness. They shouldn't be done negatively or coercively. Giving to others is an absolute blessing, or at least it ought to be. So let's spend a little bit of time this morning on each of these three gives. The first give we're talking about is give our money. So straight to it. Money will absolutely consume you, control you, derail you, and prevent you from leveling up if... So hear all the words in the sentence. My teenage kids, they only hear the first part. But you got to hear both parts. Money will absolutely, the love of money will absolutely derail your life if you allow it to. Notice this truth that Apostle Paul says to his protege, Timothy. He writes this to Timothy. He says, Timothy... 
and this is uh, recorded in 1 Timothy 6. He writes him a letter. He says, the love of money, it's the root of all kinds of evils. Some people, eager for money, they've wandered from the faith, and they've pierced themselves with many griefs. So we see here it's not money itself, but its ability to consume you and cause you to shift your priorities from God to not God. Not God includes things like work or bills or performance or achievement or promotion or self. The love of money always shifts priorities. See, the way that God created us, you can either hold on to God wholeheartedly and give away money, or you can hold on to money wholeheartedly and give away God. One of the two happens. They both cannot be your priority. But, but the love of money is really subtle. It's often good-intentioned. But nonetheless, it has the ability to cause us to wander from our faith, from the life that God desires for us. So for you to gain control, you have to give it away. All of it? Maybe. Maybe it depends on you. Do you remember that time Jesus was talking to a rich guy? A rich guy came up to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I do all the commands. He said, all the commands? You love your God, you honor your parents? He said, yep, I got all the commands down. And Jesus said, wow, that's really awesome. But how about the one about giving? He was not. So Jesus commanded him, you know what you need to do? You need to give all your money to the poor and then you'll gain something greater. But the man did not do that in the interaction, and he went away sad. He needed to give it all up because it was the one thing that was controlling him. See, he wasn't holding on to idol worship. He wasn't holding on to, to adultery. He wasn't holding on to something else. But he wasn't holding on to God either. What was he holding on to? He was holding on to money. And Jesus says, give that away so that you can hold on to God. Because you can't hold on to both. You're going to give one away. Are you going to give away God or are you going to give away money? And he chose to give away God. He walks away sad. Now we pray, hopefully, later on he came to his senses and he decided to, to follow what Jesus said, but we don't know. He needed to give it all up because that's the one thing that was controlling him. It was his love of money over the will of God that sabotaged his faith. And the remedy for this is to see money as a tool of blessing that God allows you and I to steward for the joy and blessing of other people. That's how we, we, we have to think about money, not something that I can hold and hoard for me, but God allows us to have money so that we can be a conduit of blessing for other people that are around us. See what Paul, the same Paul who wrote that love of money letter, here's what he says to the Corinthians. He says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So we see here very clearly that it's the heart that's the issue. And it's different for each of us. Give money to be joyful and to give joy, we see in the verse. Give money freely, not under compulsion, but because you are free to do it. And it says in this verse that, that God loves that. 
Now, that's such a cool idea. When you give away money generously and, and not under compulsion, you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you, God. I'm going to bless others around me. I'm going to give some money away. God loves that. I love that idea of God loving something that I do. So you're the paper where you give away that money, shoom, and God's like, love it. And you're like, shoom, you give away a little bit more, and God's like, love it. I love what you're doing there, that you are the conduit of blessing for other people. Here's some more. There's a, proverb, a, a psalm that says, The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Mm, now we're getting to it. So we've got to give our money generously. Well, Pastor Sam, what is that like? Is that like 5% of my money? Is that like 10%? 25%? 50%? The answer is in your heart, not in my estimation. If 15% is generous for you at the time that you're living in the situation that you are, if that's generous for you, then that's your number. What's generous for you? Now, I want to detour because some of our cheap folks or frugal folks might be tempted to say, well, I think 5% is generous. <laughs> I get it. Okay. So uh, you've been faithful to your parents their, your, their whole life. They passed away, unfortunately, and they've given you 5% of their wealth. Did they give to you generously? <laughs> Would you consider that generous? Well, maybe. Come to my house for Thanksgiving dinner. We have a great meal, and, but you save some room for dessert, right? And so we get uh, whichever. We have some apple pie. We've got pumpkin pie. We've got ice cream on the side. And you're like, man, Pastor Sam, could you just give me a generous slice of pumpkin pie? And I say, sure thing. And I cut you one that's like this big, less than an inch on the back side, and it tapers, you know? And I give that to you, and I said, here you go. Is that a generous slice of apple pie? I mean, maybe if there were 100 of us and we were trying to share a pie, and that was like just a, if that was the biggest piece that we gave to anyone, maybe, right? Because it's not, it, it's not about this kind of other number. It's about what is generous for you? What, what feels generous to you? What, what would be your generous? I, I don't know. Because if I set a number on it, then we all become legalists. Then we say, oh, if, if we don't do that number, then we're sinning and this kind of stuff. But it's not about that. It's not about the number. It's not about even if it's 100%. You can still love money and give 100% away and say, like, see, God, I did it. No, let me into the kingdom of heaven. You could have it with the wrong heart. And God's like, no, 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 you didn't get it at all. You were supposed to let that go and hold on to me. It's not about a percentage. It's about giving generously. And so when you're thinking about your giving, God, am I, am I being a steward for you? Am, am I in love with money or am I, am I in love with you? Am I giving generously? Am I doing it not under compulsion, but joyfully? There's another proverb here in Proverb 3. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns are going to be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So you give money to honor God. Now, that's an interesting assumption of the proverb of this verse is that there are people who are able to fulfill this wisdom. There are people who can honor God with their wealth. So the assumption that there are people with wealth. Wealth in itself is not a bad thing. It's not sinful. It's not negative. It's not money is the root of evil. It's the love of money, which is the problem, not money itself. Because someone needs to fund building of churches, the sending of missionaries, the, the going of the Great Commission, the, the needs of the less fortunate. And if God has allowed you to be a conduit for the blessing of others, then that's a fantastic, spiritually positive thing, not something that's sinful or negative. So to level up, to be free from money's control, 
We give our money away generously, cheerfully, joyfully, and we receive God's blessing and God's level up in return. That's our first area of give. You've got to give your money away. Our second is the same exact thing but a different word. You've got to give love. You've got to give your love away. Here's what Jesus says. He says, I'm going to give you a new command. You heard it before, but I'm saying it fresh. Here's that new command I want to give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, that's how you love one another. By this, everyone's going to know that you're my disciple if you love one another. That'll be, my, that'll be the mark. People will know like how, that's a disciple of Jesus. How? That they love one another. Just their friends? <laughs> Not here. All folks. That they love someone they disagree with. That they love someone that, that, that stands fully against what they're for. That they love someone who's in a different political party or a different country or in a different place or even a different religion that you love one another. That will be the mark of a disciple. And Jesus says to love one another. The measure of this love is as I have loved you. How much has Jesus given to love you? What has he, what distance has he traveled to come to love you? Giving up heaven, coming in the form of a man, dying on the cross. So what is the measure of his distance is, is huge. And so he says, as I have loved you, as I've demonstrated love to you, so do the same thing to other people. Give love. See, in life, it's not enough to just receive love. Receiving love is critically important. I think it's essential in life. You have to. But if you only receive love, what ends up happening is you become a narcissist. If you only receive love from people, then it all becomes about you and you alone. You'll never level up in your faith if you simply receive love and don't give it back out. You must extend love, give it to those, to, uh, to other people to truly be fulfilled, to be like Jesus. So for love to grow, you've got to give it away. It's like our paper boy again. So you give love. Maybe make some new friends. Oh, I know if you're any older like me, you don't want to make new friends. You don't like my old friends. Well, I don't even like my old friends, but I only want my old friends, right? They're not even that good of friends, but I keep them. I'm not saying make new best friends. You can keep your best friends. But how about you make a goal of making a new friend each year? Make, maybe every six months. Ooh, get wild, you know? Like give love to, to someone to make a new friend. Maybe you give love to people who annoy you or talk bad about you at work. Mmm, that's hard. You can throw a love at them. Boom! Hit them in the face with a love paper, right? Yeah, show them love. Even the difficult folks. Give love in the form of time to your kids or your spouse or your church. Give love in the form of special moments or, or words or blessing. Give love generously and joyfully. The same principle that applies to money applies to our love. We've got to give it away. Give it away generously and joyfully, and you will find a much more fulfilled life if you're doing this. Because you will be doing the will of God. And you'll be following the example of Jesus Christ. You'll be leveling up. Notice God's warning about this. It's weird that God gave a warning about loving others. Check it out. In uh, 1 John 4, he says, Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother and sister, they're a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they can see... They cannot love God whom they've not seen. Mm. To love God, to level up, you have got to love those around you. You cannot love God if you don't love people. 
this is our truth's expression. But I've heard it several times for lots of people. I don't really like people. I don't really want to be around people. I don't really love people. I mean, I love God, but I don't love people. That's not true. That's delusional, the Bible says. If you think that you can say, I love God, but I don't love people, the Bible is telling you you're wrong. You cannot do that. If you want to if you want to love God, the number, way to, the number one way to love God is to love people. And you can't love God if you're unwilling to love people. That's not a reality. And so loving people is our, our, our outward assessment of the inward reality that we have. Love is our testimony about our true faith in Jesus. And the last one we want to level up in is in our in giving away is our thanks. So give money, give love, give thanks. Giving thanks to be grateful. Psalm 107 says it almost perfectly here. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he's good and his love endures forever. So the number one thing, we give thanks to God for who he is, that God as a being is good, his character is right and righteous. And for what he does, that he gives love that lasts forever and ever, that endures. Thank God, the author of all good things. And we do this in order to remind our own selves that we're not the center of the universe. To level up, you have to give thanks to God. Not just you should, but you have to. Because otherwise, if you don't thank God for all the things that are in your life, you don't thank God for who he is, for his creation, and for his love, what ends up happening is you become the center of the earth. And I'm so thankful that I did a good job at work. I'm so thankful that I was able to go to USC. I'm so thankful that blah, blah, blah. And it just becomes you, you, you. You become the center of the universe. And, and so giving away thanks allows those things not to have a hold of you any longer. Give away thanks allows you to not to become self-obsessed and to rather point back to God. In Colossians, the Bible says this, whatever you do... So all the things that you're doing, whether you're doing it in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So give thanks in all the doing of your life, in all the doing of your Christian life. This keeps the focus on God, not on how good of a person I am. You see, if I do something good and I say, man, uh, you, so you say, Pastor, that was a great sermon. I say, oh, thanks for sharing that with me. I appreciate your words of blessing, but it is all God. That's, I give thanks to God that he would let me do that. I give thanks to God that he would allow me to teach his word to people. And I give thanks to God that you were able to hear that. That way it's not like, oh, I've become a good person. I've made it to heaven. I've sort of earned God's favor. By continually thanking God in all the things that we do, whether you're great at your job, whether you're great as a parent, whether you're great in sports, whether you're great in school, if you continue to give thanks to God, then it keeps you from saying, oh, look how good I am. Look how much even better I am than that person or that person. It keeps comparison out of the way because you're thanking God constantly. My, and, and whatever you do when you give thanks, you give it to God. It says here that God is glorified. So so my level up is tied to God's glorification in me as I thank him in front of other people. There's another part of thanks that Paul says in Philippians, and this one's a little tricky. Check out the whole verse in Philippians 4. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in all the situations, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and then God uh, will give you peace in your heart. 
But, but notice that part about the thanksgiving right there. So this is me. So I'm going to go to God and I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying for, let's say, my sick grandma or I'm praying for uh, to be able to get a good grade on the test that's coming up or to pass my driver's license uh, uh, behind the wheel. My daughter's going to pray that in a couple of weeks, you know. But it says pray with thanksgiving. But the thing hasn't happened yet. How can I thank God for something that hasn't happened? I think this is critically important to thank God before something has happened. Because giving thanks even before the prayer is answered allows us to say that, God, I am going to trust you with whatever the answer is. See, God, I'm going to thank you ahead of time. I don't know. The, the answer may be that you fail the test. But I'm going to know, God, if I fail that test after I put my best effort forward, I know, God, that you're doing something. And so I'm going to thank you even before the prayer is answered, yes, no, wait. I'm going to thank you ahead of time. So first of all, who am I to even be able to talk to God in the first place? So I'm thanking God right when I start praying. I'm like, God, thanks that you would even listen to me because I'm like this tiny little speck on a tiny little speck, right? I'm not even an ant in God's sort of eternal universe. And God, you're going to listen to my prayer and I get to talk to you and I get to ask you and I get to tell you stuff. Well, Thanks, God, for even, like, taking the meeting. You know, thanks, God, that you'd be open to listening to me. And, God, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to pray my hearts out. I'm going to pray my best to, to pray according to your will. But, God, I trust you. And I'm, I'm going to pray thanks to you because you'd listen to me. And I'm going to pray thanks to you because I know whatever answer comes is the very best answer for me because you have the very best in mind for me. We were talking about that in prayer a couple of weeks ago, that we... Thank God even before our prayer because we know he's going to answer us well. And the last, uh, the last verse here we're going to look at today is uh, in 1 Thessalonians. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is, the will of, uh, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I mean, that, that's like the most blanket statement possible, right? You know what? Just give, just give thanks in all the circumstances. Whatever you're facing, that's good, bad, ugly, you know, rich, poor. But just give thanks in all the circumstances. You broke your leg, oh, thanks God for working your leg. Whatever. Like all circumstances, this like covers it all, right? So give thanks in all circumstances of your Christian life. A leveled up believer gives thanks in all things. So maybe you get a raise at work, bam, you throw that paper. Thanks, God. You know, that's your, your I'm giving away my thanks. Maybe you uh, spend some time in the hospital because you got a, uh, neck surgery coming up or whatever. Bam, God, thanks for doctor's ability to help my neck. Maybe you woke up this morning. Woo, thanks, God. Bam, I woke up again this morning. I'm alive. Wasn't sure. A meal. Whoosh. Place to live. A, a car, friends, family, church. Thanks, 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 thanks for giving it away. So it's the same for all three. Right? For our money. They say, God, as you give it to me, I want to give it away. I want to bless others. I want to be generous. I want to be joyful. I want to, I want to be giving it away so it doesn't control me. For love, God, I want to give it away. I want to be generous. I want to be joyful. I want to be cheerful when I do it so that love doesn't make me a narcissist. God, my thanks. I want to give it away. I want to give it away for all the things that you're doing for me, for who you are, for the things that happen in my life so that I can stay grateful, so that I can honor you in all of it. So in our quest to level up, in the last four weeks, we said we learn about God through his word. We level up by learning. We pray continually. We level up by praying. We level up by serving others regularly. And today, we give joyfully and generously. Give our money joyfully and generously. We give our, our love joyfully and generously. And we give our thanks joyfully and generously. So I, I'd love for you guys to just take a moment right now. 
and really ask yourself and between you and God, say, God, are you speaking to me in one of these things? Maybe it's all three of them, but is there one that's God speaking to you? Say, God, I know you're wanting to be more generous, more joyful in this area. Maybe it's in giving. Maybe it's in love. Maybe it's in, in thanks. Maybe you can't even remember the last time you were really grateful or thankful for the things that are going on. I don't know whatever it is for you, but, but would you search your heart and between you and God? Say, God, I want to grow in the areas of give. Which one can I grow in, God? And then perhaps you'll commit to him to level up in this area. And so I want to invite you to just pray in your own words. You don't need to have like big spiritual words. You don't need to know like the Bible. You don't need to, to, to pray some magic, some things. But if you would just pray your words to God, if there's something in this area that he's speaking to you, maybe it sounds like, God, I, I want to give you more thanks. I haven't done that a good job lately. Or God, I haven't been generous with my money. Or, or God, I haven't really joyfully been loving others. So whatever it is, I want you to pray those in your own words. And then we're going to close in worship together.